0: Artist Emancipation is a declaration for all artists to remember exactly how powerful they are. Freeing ourselves from society's definition of what an artist should be, we allow ourselves to return back to what made us happy in the first place, our true expression. I'm Shawna Poliziani, and I'll be your host. Episode number two of the Artist Emancipation podcast, and I'm so proud. Fucking excited because I'm here with one of my favorite people in the world who happens to live halfway across the world, Miss Gabrielle Rosie. How are you, my dear?
1: I'm so good. I'm so excited to be. We haven't spoken in so long, like on a call. So I'm just excited to talk to you. I'm so excited that your podcast exists and I get to
0: chat with you on it. Dude, it's I know. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I've told everybody in my like circle that i'm obsessed with my mentor and nobody knows who like my mentor is and i'm like it's this fucking (laughs) on the internet so this is her guys like if you're watching this and listening to this for the first time like this is the girl who has literally changed my life for the better over the past two years two or three years now and um and I, i can remember initially finding you and i just like absolutely loved the energy that you put out and i was like now, see, that's what I want to do. Like you, you just like you inspire without doing anything in particular. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's why I love you so much. But she is an amazing artist. She dabbles in. I can't even give you an artist title, which I love. Like you're, you're into pottery. You do illustration. <laughs> you, you're a fucking genius in every aspect of. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your journey of being an artist and just how you grew up and how you got to where you are now. Okay. Okay. Um,
1: I think, you know, I think most people are artists when I think everybody can be an artist when they're a kid, but that's a whole of a, whole of a story that we can get into. Um, but I always just loved creating stuff as a kid, always wanting to, paint things, draw things, like cut things up, make up like my own magazines and whatever it was. And so it's always just been a thing that I did. Like making stuff has always been a thing that I did. And when I got on the internet, when I was like, you know, 13 or whatever, and I was like, oh my God, I can make my own like little website and I can share the things that I'm making. I can like find other people. I mean, the things I was making at that time were very you know, no one, I'm so glad I cannot find them online anymore. But, you know, just being able to find other people who are into like the weird little making shit that we're into was life changing. And I think, you know, through going to uni, the whole time I was at uni, I was spending studying psychology, but spending way more time take an outfit for us and like making weird dresses out of like 90s bed bedsheets and Barbie doll limbs and all this weird shit and sharing that on the internet and spending way more time doing that than I was studying my actual degree. And, you know, just finding people online who were doing it as their actual job, like really seeing that breakout like growing up through that breakout of oh like normal people can use the internet you don't have to be like a dot-com bro to use the internet but you can just talk about the things you like to wear and the things you like to create and the books that are like turning you on and through doing that you can build an audience I was like this is fucking insane and I want to not only soak that up from other people, but I want to be able to contribute to it myself. I want to share my perspective and make a space for myself that way. And I think I'd love to have like, and then I did this one thing and then that's my job. But like you said, we like to do a lot of different things and it's just been constantly evolving and being able to use the internet as a space to grow and evolve as a creative just feels like the most fun thing that just happens to also be somehow my job as well yes yes. I don't know if that summarizes anything of what I do but that's how I
0: feel yeah and then I will say too from like when I first came in contact with Gabby I think what you were doing when I very first came across your Instagram was the card decks and I was yes. like, oh shit, that's so cool. And you were like one of the first people, at least that I noticed that was illustrating their own and then producing their own. And like, you were truly the artist behind the whole concept. And like, up until that point in my career, it was always client-based. So when I found you, I was like, oh, she's doing what she wants and she's fucking making money doing it. Like what, am I, what disconnect do I have that I think I only have to work for other people, right? So I think in my brain, I was like, you were the first like self-made artist that I had seen that was successful enough to be doing her own thing, which I think is so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And um, as you evolve like, obviously you mentor people, you create fucking hella cool communities for artists, which is another reason that I really loved like watching you. It's, it's all these things that I didn't know that I necessarily struggled with. Like, I think you can even like speak to this. We talked for the first time. You're like, so what do you like, what are you involved in? I'm like, oh, I sit behind my computer and I fucking like, dude, grab it. <laughs> I don't talk to anybody. Like you're the first, I remember being so fucking nervous to talk to you for the first time, just like this, because oh I was like, literally I don't do this. Right. So the fact that you have a multifaceted business where you're an artist first and foremost, and then you build communities for artists. And then you're just fucking you and you make money in all aspects of it. And I fucking love it. And it's genius. Oh my God. You're too fucking cute. You're too sweet. Um, But that's what I
1: think. That's what I really like about the content that you create and the message that you put out and what you're, I can see you stepping even more and more into that, which I love to see (laughs) is I think it can be so natural for a lot of us to want to create and i mean most artists have you know a big like introverted side to them most of us like we like to be in our own space that we've created you know obsessively doing the things that we want to do and that is so beautiful and i think that is our strength but i think also in that it's kind of our I don't know. It's like our responsibility to share that world we're building with other people because other people want that. Other people desperately want to engage with that, to know other people even function and live like that as well. And I think that is the tool what the internet is fucking so powerful for, specifically for creators. And I know we've had conversations about AI and like the next wave of the internet before. And I don't see it as a threat at all. I actually see it as a, the biggest opportunity for human creatives to be yeah. like, this is the world I live in and I'm ready to take up my space and you know put myself in my own spotlight and use these tools, use these resources as a way to share my perspective, as a way to share the things that I'm obsessed with, the things that I create. And really knowing that it doesn't have to be anything that you don't even want to do. It doesn't have to be this big, scary thing. You can be the most introverted person and do it in exactly your way. And it can work beautifully. Like it comes from that source understanding that you can have an idea and you can search online and you can take courses or you can, spend hours and hours and months and years figuring out okay I have this idea for a deck I have this idea for a book or a series or whatever it is and I'm gonna learn how to do it and I'm gonna be so fucking audacious to put it out into the well because I want to and I can
0: right right I always people, love right and I always tell people like Because people get so stuck on the details of, like, how to do something. So, like, if they wanted to make a card deck, they'd be like, I don't know how to contact a printer. I don't know what program to use. Mm -hmm. So, I always say, like, what makes a true creative is, like, you have the curiosity to do so. Like, if you're really, truly creative, you will go online. It takes a fucking Google search nowadays, like, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you figure it out. Like, and that's how new processes are formed like you're doing something your way you're figuring it out and you fucking do it and then it's like bing bang boom there you are like i think people who I and this isn't to say that like taking courses on stuff is absolutely bullshit for an artist because i think it's very well worth it it's like me going to art school i think i needed to do that in order to get the foundation oh, like, like and
1: like the cost can just be a shortcut like you don't need it but if you have the resources available and you're like look you've done this before just give me the blueprint for it yes it's that it's that like rocket charge rocket fuel to something but
0: you also don't need it right you know? i'm like if you are one of those people that do need it like make sure you're not stopping there right like exactly that information and put it into your project put it into your creative brain because I see way too many people just like ABC cool done and we've talked about like making versus creating and this is like a conversation Mm -hmm. I really fucking love to have with you because you have such a good perspective on what the difference between making something is and then creating something so speak on that a little bit because I don't want to do it yeah (laughs) okay
1: so making something comes when you're following a blueprint and the things can overlap and they probably eventually will overlap when you do something long enough. But when you're creating something, that thing doesn't exist yet. And it might be either, it doesn't exist in the world at all, but mostly it's, it doesn't exist in the very specific way that only you can make something. So with card decks, for example, there are so many card decks in the world. I didn't invent a fucking card deck, right? But there was, I I was like, oh, I, there isn't a card deck that speaks in the style or the the energy that I wish there was a card deck. There isn't one that speaks in my voice and I wish that existed. So I better figure out how to make that happen. Right. And the creative element is a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of having an idea, which usually just feels like a sense, like a feeling of, I want this kind of thing to exist. I want this like hole in my heart in the world to be filled, but I don't know exactly what's gonna fill it or like how I can fill it. And I think that is something that as creatives, we can be so overwhelmed and frustrated by until we realize, that's what excites us that is like the energy that were like compels us to act compels us to do the things like to figure it out to go through the effort of learning the skills that will be required and it's very easy to look for how, what is this 10 step to this thing? What are the, what are the simple steps for me to follow that somebody else has done before? And I can copy and paste and make the same thing best. How do I absolutely like learn from the resources, learn from the people who've come before you. And if there are ways that you can infuse that kind of making energy into your process, but there is a power that comes with stepping into the true bravery and vulnerability that is creating something because it's kind of admitting to yourself, I'm going to be frustrated a lot. Yeah. And I'm going to make a lot of mistakes and things aren't going to work out all the time because I'm literally inventing something from yes. scratch. Yes. And that inventing is the thing, it's the product, it's the finished piece. But it's also you as a person and you as the creative, like understanding what your voice is, creating your style and way of approaching and expressing yourself. And I say this all the time, that art is communication. And I think because creatives are usually a little weirdos, we, or I should say I, don't necessarily feel satisfied with just having like the normal day-to-day style of communication. And in that, that's why I feel so driven to be like, well, I can't necessarily get what I want to share with the world out in just me moving from my everyday life. So let me make all these extravagant paintings and learn ceramics and learn how to make videos and learn how to do all these different things because in that I'm creating these little pockets of things I want to exist in the world. I'm creating a space for myself to exist and to share my perspective or my desires about the world. That was a very like abstract convoluted way (laughs) of describing making bears creating. But Ultimately, creating is messy. Creating doesn't have a blueprint print for it. And you are literally creating that, as redundant as that might sound. You are going in with, like, goggles on that you can't barely see through. And you're trying to see, like, is this the thing? Is this the thing? And, like, bring these pieces together. And eventually, through the process, you make something that wouldn't have existed without you putting that
0: effort in. One hundred percent. It's, it's uh, big stuff. I <laughs> love it because it made me. Well, it made me look at how I do my own work, and I'm like, Ooh. I'm when it comes to like my designs, and I'm willing to sit there and be fucking pissed at the computer for twelve hours because I can't get something to look right. And because of this conversation, I have never looked again at like a piece of design work to inspire my work. Like it's, it comes straight from my. I, that's just how I work, right? And so. I found with a lot of people that I teach graphic design to, they have problems not looking at inspiration and not looking at things such as like other images and shit like that. So what would your advice be to somebody who's really just starting to understand the concept of making versus creating and how to get into that creating flow space?
1: Absolutely. Um, There is... This is why you go to art school, right? I think what you learn in art school is actually making and the skills of making and your art school might be literally going to a school and following a curriculum or your art school might be finding people whose graphic design or paintings that you like and you literally replicating that thing and I think that we've spoken about this concept of copying and everything a lot before and I think you, it's okay for you to replicate another painting. This is what you would literally learn in art school like, look, study the masters, see what they've done. You don't then go on and be like, I made this painting, this is a thing that I created. You use it as a tool to practice, to learn, to like see through the lens of like how someone's made something. I think what I love is like looking super close uh the artists that I admire and their work and being like how have they made this thing like can I figure out the mechanics of that and really breaking down the elements of how is a thing made what are the actual techniques of making a thing there is to be like super philosophical about it there is like a a buddhist proverb and it says um it's about someone who went to art school, they studied painting and they, they studied for like 10 years and they replicated every single, you know, great piece and they learned it so intricately and they learned every single technique and this is how you, what you do with your brushes and these are the things that you use. And then after going through like the most strenuous training, they took like five years and was just a gardener and they didn't paint, they didn't pick up a paintbrush, didn't do anything. And then they went back and they sat down and they were able to create because they learned the mechanics of this is the this is what you need to know. These are the techniques, this is how the thing is done. But then I think you also need a break from it. You don't necessarily need to go be a gardener for five years, but it's giving yourself some distance from what inspired you initially and and the rules of how something is done to be like okay, I know that stuff. I have the kind of wax on, wax off, like sense, more a memory of the thing, but how do I want to do it? What's the thing that actually wants to come out of me? And it's using those lessons and techniques as a a skill that you utilize in your own way. And from that you're creating. And that's makes everything else, especially everything else in your own industry and your own area, kind of irrelevant and I always say like don't look at if you want to make a card deck don't look at other card decks look at the books look at movies that inspire you look at color palettes from paintings like why would you look at the thing that already exists if you want to create something different let yourself be inspired by whatever the fuck inspires you and that might be a plan that might be interior design but you can bring the elements of that into actually creating something fresh that
0: you, you truly want to make. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. God damn it. I love when you explain stuff. I'm like, Gabby, because <laughs> me, I'm like one to two sentences. I'm done. You put it in such a beautiful like, or oh. I'm like, give me a monologue. Let's go. <laughs> me. Me. Um, but Let's- this is why I love this. This is, I had a question for you today and this is going to tie right into it, but I've been seeing a lot lately of like an artist can never separate from their work because they are their art type of quotes. So one, like, what is your opinion on that? And two, like, well, give me your opinion first and then we'll go into part two.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) I think, I think it's both. Like it's, it's, you can separate and you can't separate. Mm -hmm. And you know, for me, like my art is, who I am, and I I think that's because I want it to be, and I don't think that has to be the case for everybody, or I don't think that has to be the case all the time. Like not every single thing I put out into the world is like this is the core of who I am on a soul level. Yeah, but everything, even if it's like an Instagram story, or if it's like the simplest thing that you've put out and you've created, there is still a degree of vulnerability with that because it is you sharing yourself it is you sharing your perspective and if it's not then I think it's not going to be as satisfying as it could be right there's nothing wrong with it but it's not going to feel as good as it could in right. my opinion might not like for everyone and I think that's I think that's something that you really have to consider especially when it comes to social media and putting out content and sharing your art. It's like, how close do I want this to be to who I am as a person? And does that make sense for the business that I'm running? And I think this is something that across different industries, people can have a kind of existential crisis about, but look, if you are running a business for running a business, then it doesn't nece- it doesn't have to be like, this is the core of who I am. If you are running like a burger restaurant, there might be elements of you in that, but it doesn't have to be everything you share, everything you post has to be like, does this burger recipe like resonate with me on a soul level? Right. So there's like levels to it. But for me, I think the most satisfying thing is using my expression as a And my creative outlet as my expression, like that's what feels good for me. And in that, I know when I lean deeper into what I really want to say, it feels better and it connects with people way more deeply because it's, it is that true communication. So for me, I'm like, there is no separation. And I think that's why we can have a lot of vulnerability around what we create because it's like, this is a piece of me. Do you like
0: it? Did you like no? it? Yeah. <laughs> now, I've been thinking about it for the past, you know, like week and a half now. And every time I think about it, like I can sway one or two ways and mm-hmm. tell t- me your thoughts. How are you thinking about it now? Like the, I love the way you described it though, because for me, what I've had to do the past several months, as I've made this transition into who I want to become is kind of disconnect myself from my art, right? Like I, Mm -hmm. what, what gets me is like, it wasn't necessarily my art that I was disconnecting with. I was disconnecting more with the type of art that I wanted to do. And like that, persona of who I was like, I was doing mainly client work, it was very hard for me to do personal work. So it was like, is that because a lot of artists would consider themselves artists or creators, and all they do is client work. So it's like, mm. like said if you're infusing that work with a piece of you, and it's part of you, and you're expressing even if it's for a client, then fuck yeah, it's art and you can't separate yourself from that because it's a piece of you. But like in terms of me, it was my techniques, it was my process, it was these things, but was my emotion going into it? Not really. Like Mm -hmm. me, I think it's very important if you're doing client-based work to be able to separate yourself from that. But if you're an artist, like a painter, or you're a self-made artist like you, like, you absolutely want to have a piece of you in every single thing that you do, you know? So, like, my head goes back and fucking forth because, like, episode one, you'll hear me talk about, like, I had to step back from my art for a little bit, and I'm just like, okay, but what did I really mean by that, right? Yeah,
1: that is such an important distinction because it's true. Like every piece of client work that you've created has you all over it. Like your essence, your style is all over the thing, but also so is your client's essence and style. And it has that, like when you're creating for somebody else, especially it's always going to have a compromise in it. It's always going to be a balance between your creative energy and expression and what the client wants. And this, this is where things can be like, there's no right or wrong. It's like, what is the, the brief? And the brief might be a client brief or the brief might be, I want to create this thing that expresses me at a certain sort of level. Like whatever the thing is, the, the ability for you to be able to switch between that and understand that is such a beautiful and powerful skill as well. But I think what you said is like, you, it's so helpful for you to be able to be aware of that distinction and to be able to have that, be aware of that separation, even of like, Oh, this isn't my entire, I don't have to put my entire purpose and, you know, artist statement in everything that I create for clients because that's not even the job. That's not what they want. And that's not what's required of you. And then in doing that, that really frees you to be like, okay, well, what is the stuff that you want to make for you? Because right. that's where you can put your
0: whole heart into it. A whole ass goes into that shit, baby. A whole ass. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I, um, I love it. I, And then the part two of that question is because you're infusing yourself with every piece of art that you're putting out there, are there certain things that you do in your life to create more emotion, to create more experience so that you have, I don't want to say inspiration because I think that's like a bullshit term, but like, so that you, I I just like to call it the experience that goes into the artwork. Like sometimes you can't create unless you have this experience. So do you find yourself kind of putting yourself out there more or doing things that you wouldn't normally do just to like get that emotion going. Mm.
1: I definitely feel that like we need to have input in order to have output. Yes. And I think that idea of experience and yet yeah, inspiration, like where the source of the input, right. It can be in huge things and it can be in really tiny things as well. Like, uh, Trip around the world can be as inspiring to me as like going on a walk and just like letting ideas come
0: to me or like seeing how beautiful my neighborhood is. This bitch like went on a how long was it? 12 day silent retreat? Was it 12? A 10 day silent
1: retreat, right? (laughs) So she's crazy. She's crazy. But like in that, right? That is a that is an extreme thing to do, right? It takes a specific type of person to opt to do that, to volunteer themselves for that. But also like, it's doing nothing, you know? Like, it's a big thing. And at the same time, I'm just sat on a mat for like nine hours a day. But in that, that experience showed me so much of like, God, there's so many ideas in me already yeah. and I think I love that you was hesitant to even use the word inspiration because I know we spoke about this before of like we can feel like we have to constantly be on this huge archaeological dig of I need to find the next thing and where's the next idea and is it going to come here and I've got to curate these Pinterest boards and I've got to live this really outlandish extravagant life or I have to do all these big things to have ideas, and that's literally not true. Like, guaranteed, every single person listening to this, like you and I, we have enough ideas in us right now to, like, occupy us for infinity. Right. Like, we don't actually need more stuff. And even the more that whatever idea, like I would say, the best idea is the one that you have right now that feels most exciting to you. And I think it's really easy for us to get ahead of ourselves. And especially if you are an ambitious artist to be like, yeah, but what's coming next? And what's the big plan of this? And what's the big vision of this? I can love to do that, but it's also not really that helpful or meaningful because when I take action on whatever idea is exciting to me now. Like the whole path in front of me instantly transforms because I get new ideas because I get clarity on like, oh, that other idea that I thought was hot shit, don't want to do it at all. (laughs) Uh Like wasted all this time planning it out, planning this big vision out because it constantly, like the landscape constantly changes and your dreams and your ideas, you're going to constantly be getting new ones when you stay in motion and you don't actually have to do huge things to have like lightning bolt ideas that are so exciting it, yeah it's, it's actually not that dramatic being an artist
0: I mean, <laughs> people always have like so the next thing that we're going to talk about is like people always have like these misconceptions of like what an artist is and like yeah we're fucking weird and we're fucking like out there sometimes but sometimes we're completely fucking normal but like one of them is like the tortured artist that we always have to be putting ourselves through like fucking misery or emotional torture and like just to get an output and it's like i don't think i've ever purposely done that in my entire life (laughs) (laughs) like no not for me sorry i'm like yeah i get it if you go through something traumatic like obviously you're going to produce art about it like yes that's a, a given but to consciously like put yourself in situations to get a desired outcome that almost isn't art to me because it's like a pre-planned thing you know so Mm. but the question for you is like throughout your career have you had these misconceptions put on you and if so like what were they
1: i think it is a like it's a big pervasive idea in i think maybe it's lessening now but the idea of the tortured artist or the idea that the best art is made from pain yeah is a and the truth is great art is made from pain but great art is also made from every other human experience and every other human e- emotion yes and I think people can get into this really weird space that tortured out as space of being like maybe they look up to a creative who who has made maybe they've made an album from like a really dark period in their life and they're like oh well, then that's what I have to do to make something that will resonate with people as much. Or maybe they've personally had an experience where they have created something from a really difficult time and it's given them a level of success. So they think they have to replicate that over and over again. Whereas the truth when you break it down is it's resonated because they've created something that's real. And I think real is a very like, what does that mean? Like it said so much, but it's come, you've created something from a true place. You've created something from a true drive. And I think what I love about art that can be made from a difficult place is the, if you think about the artists creating from the, that space, they're using their creativity as a tool to heal and a tool to process their emotions so even if it's coming from a really dark place it has this beautiful and hopeful energy around it and I think we can like lose the sense of that and think oh no I have to feel shitty all the time I have to feel terrible making the thing yep that's not always the case. Like sometimes you might feel shitty and terrible, but you're using your creativity as this tool, as this way to not only create something you can share with other people, but heal it within yourself and like evolve past and through it in yourself. When I look to the things that most excite me, like the movies and the music, it is mostly like hope full stuff or it's silly shit or it's happy shit or it's you know it's the entire spectrum of human emotion and I think this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently even more so with just the fucking state of the world and how things just feel like they're getting darker and darker I want this is what I want to believe, right? I want to believe that it is an element of my purpose to be able to put beautiful things into the world, to put it in the direction that I want it to go. Mm. To yes. send the, you know, to give people an experience that makes them feel a different way. That right. allows me to step in through the creative process of how do I want to feel? What do I want the world? to look like and we can use our art as a tool for that
0: 100 percent, and it's it's one of those things too where I think art is truly created because we want to connect with somebody else on that emotional level right so of course we're all going to have like the doom and gloom artwork but that's not necessarily like what we want to connect over we want to connect over like I went through this I'm here now I was able to create this so it's almost like art is like the past version of you that you're sharing with other people. And then like you as yourself after creating it or the hope and joy afterwards. Right. So it's like the fact that you want to make and share beautiful things to like get people out of their everyday life and out of their everyday, like fucking negative thinking. I think that's truly like a beautiful thing to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think th- there's so much art that I love that is created from a difficult space as well. And I think what we really need to do is acknowledge the full spectrum of it and acknowledge the full spectrum, not only in like what we appreciate, but also in what we can have success with. And I think that story of the tortured artist and even, you know, the the starving artist of, I can do this stuff, but it's never gonna right. be lo- it's never gonna I can't have it as a job like we have to look at these things these stories these beliefs that feel true just because they've been said over and over again and be like is this true is this true for me is this
0: true in the world now right I think No, it's not. And I'm so glad you brought up like starving artists because like, <laughs> like that shit is not real, guys. And like you would not believe how many people still believe that. And it's like because I'm an artist, because I love what I do, I'm not going to get paid for it. Right? And that, dude, how – look, if
1: we don't think the thing – I don't even think this is in like a very like – energetic and manifesting space like it is but it's also very logical thinking if yeah. you don't think you can make money from your art how the fuck are you going to make money from your art right Because you're not going to make yourself available you're not going to put it out into the world you're literally like we think that when people talk about creative blocks we think that's something that's put upon us it's actually something like it's a wall we're holding up ourselves like yeah. it's a a shield we're putting in front of us and it can feel like, oh, I have to break down. I have to do all these things to break down these blocks. Just throw the fucking shield away. Like, why are you holding on to this shield? Like, you don't want it. That's not what it doesn't even, you don't need it. Like, there's no one even trying to fucking attack you, bro. Like, drop the shield and be like, oh, the world's changed. Things are literally different now. And, you know, I think about this a lot because it the change in being able to be a thriving artist and stepping away from that struggling artist starving artist it being difficult to build a career the like logistical change of that is actually very very recent and I think even growing up as I was saying earlier with like the rise of the internet and being able to use the internet as a a means to share you as an individual to build a personal brand and share what you create all of that so recent right. that is so so recent and even if i think back to like my parents generation like if i think back to my mom like my mom's always been creative but mm-hmm. when she was my age she did not have the accessibility of the tools that i have available like literally on my phone right she wasn't able to like build like open a shop with ease and be able to send things to people all around the world so it makes sense that these stories are still really like still held really strong in people and in society because it's very recent the change a lot of the change is very recent but I think if we pay attention to be like oh Like there is a shit ton of people doing the exact thing that you want to do. And it's only becoming more and more accessible and more and more widespread. And then it becomes a game of, oh, where am I holding myself back? And it's that level of responsibility of like, am I ready to be brave enough to like share myself and to share my art and to face the I think it's even the fear of facing the possibility that it might not work. And sometimes when when the opportunity for it to be successful becomes higher, then people can get into this really silly spiral of like, well, if the options are more, if the opportunities are more, and it still doesn't work, then I'm a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Instead of being like, it's worth taking the chance. It's worth you pursuing your creativity Because it feels good to do that. And whatever comes
0: out of that is the cherries on top anyway. So true. And it's like messy action is better than no action. Like I always tell people, it's crazy to me that you wouldn't step foot in the arena and just do something and see what it's like and like start to understand. Because of course you learn by doing things, right? You learn by experience. And some people never fucking take that step because they're too scared or they're too i see a lot of people get too detail oriented up front so they're like i have to know the the business logistics i have to know this i have to know this i have to see if it's worth my while and i'm like that's you can't do that like you have to put your whole in and then you build from the ground up like it's never worth your while right like because i have a firm belief that as an artist and creator like We'd be doing this shit anyway in some way, shape, or form if it wasn't our livelihood, if we didn't have the internet, right? Like, we would be creating somehow, some way.
1: 100%. There is a line in, I'm reading the artist's way right now, and there's a line in the chapter that I just read. And she says... people are so afraid that they're never going to make it as a full-time artist that they don't even let themselves be a part-time artist. And it's like, how are you going to get to the next thing if you don't even let yourself be where you are? And I think even more, like what you were saying, like even more than, I, I get it. I so desperately wanted art to be my job. And it's like that desperation and that stubbornness that made it my job but also I'll be, I would, I would be making things anyway. Like we, if you are an artist, you're an artist. And that has not, that's a separate thing to whether that pays your bills. And I think that's a really important distinction to make, whether you want to be a full-time artist or not. Like even, even, maybe even more so, like when you have art as your job, you still have to realize that you want to make art regardless of the monetary aspect of it yeah. and it's that's when shit gets tricky and that's where we can step away very easily from creating and go into that making territory where you're like well this worked before so let me just repeat the same old thing and suddenly you might have a business that's built on the things that you're you're making but are you a satisfied artist are you creating the things are you allowing yourself to grow and express yourself if you're just churning out the same old shit that you think people want
0: right probably not. yeah and I talk about in episode one it's like one of the three things that I list that every artist has to come home to in the last one is evolution and it's become mm. a scenario like that's where I was where I was like I'm literally just making fucking shit over and over and over and i'm not like i'm going fucking nuts like what do i need to change in order to keep up with myself right because like as creatives like we get so fucking bored so fast and that's why i tell people like yeah you may think you're gonna do that for the rest of your life but you're absolutely not going to like it's probably gonna change within the month right (laughs) so it's like literally so it's like all those signs start to happen and that's how you know like it's time to like fucking evolve with the next level of you whatever that may be whether it's like trying out a new fucking item for sale like if you guys have not ever heard of Gabby before go check out her merch store too because she has of course she has fucking merch she's doing what are you doing now you're doing like I I know what am I doing now
1: (laughs) I mean as you're recording this I have a ceramic drop going live in like five minutes I'm doing like this is something that like it's the idea of being a multi-passionate right and I think when you let yourself follow the different things that you want to create like I could very easily be like do I need to add ceramics into my business not at all do I want to absolutely Mm -hmm. and has like pursuing this different interest and this different skill added to like all different aspects of my creativity so much. Like it's excited me so much because it's the thing I am drawn to. And what you were saying on people trying to figure out like the business aspect and like, what are all these things and how do these pieces fit together? I get it because it's like, there is an element of that. Like, if you truly want to make your creativity into your business, you got to put your business hat on about it. And you've got to think, okay, how can I make this something that is sustainable? How can I make it something that's scalable? How can I make it something that consistently brings in revenue? Otherwise you don't have a business, but that is a different hat that you're wearing to, okay, what do I actually want to create? What do I actually want to explore? What actually turns me on and makes me feel excited and satisfied? And that usually is messy as fuck. And it's usually a whole bunch of different things and you giving yourself the freedom to move between things and explore things and be like, this is something that I was obsessed with and I did it fully, but my energy is here now and I want to explore this thing. And instead of being like, well, I said I'm someone who makes this type of thing, so I can't do that. No, like why? To who? Like if your goal is to feel like excited and alive and to be able to explore, as you said, your creative evolution, your only job is to follow those pulls, follow those like little twinges of inspiration. And I think when we do that, that is our act of staying in momentum and staying in momentum, being consistent doesn't mean doing the same thing over and right. over again. It means showing up for your creativity over and over again and growing as a, an artist as a whole, yes. regardless of what medium that might look like at the time. And Being okay with that, maybe not being the most direct path and like, this is something we've spoken about a lot and that I will constantly fucking scream about, like creativity is the antithesis of productivity. Creativity is not about picking a niche and picking one thing and doing that thing forever. It's like, it's just not. And this comes back to like what we were talking about with, you know, you are going to have the more direct path if you pick one thing and you do that one thing over and over again. Truly, yeah. like if you pick a niche, it's going to be a quicker rise to whatever, you know, monetary success level you want, because that is the way the world works. Like, of course, it is. It just makes logistical sense. But it's probably not going to satisfy you right. as a creative. And if your goal is to make things and let yourself explore your creative expression, I am okay with. Like my end goal isn't a monetary number. My end goal isn't like I made this number of revenue this month. So that is, I feel good about my life. No, my end goal is like, I, I, I keep letting myself bring the ideas to life that I feel excited about.
0: Right. And you're allowing yourself to have fun for God's sakes. Like, right. I,
1: don't I think it can sound really naive and really whatever, like childlike but like that is the bones of creativity and that is where like so many people I think are missing out on the joy that they could be experiencing life if they just let themselves follow that like where they feel pulled where they feel drawn to let themselves create the things and indulge these parts of themselves that might feel silly or unnecessary but it's going to feel really fucking good.
0: Yeah. And this all goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how it's like, you're trying all these new things because that's you. And that's why they're so successful. Right. It's like, that's, unique to people who are experiencing you like you can't go anywhere else and get a gabby original fucking coffee mug because that's you exploring that's Mm. fun like it can't be replicated and i think like that's a big part of creativity that people get fucked up it's like you can't just like if i were to start making mugs that looked exactly like yours that's not me having fun that's me trying to Mm. marketing and your business plan right like that's a whole other thing than creativity and I think, especially in the online space, it's a huge issue because we all want to rise to the top fast. So anybody's kind of willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And I hate to say it, but like, shit does not happen. (laughs) Does not. (laughs) Maybe for some, like the 1% of people, but like most of us have these journeys, have these experiences of creativity that have led us into the person that we're sitting here talking as. And it's beautiful. Like, I wouldn't trade any of that for any amount of wealth, right? Absolutely. It's
1: like, it's just understanding what game you're playing. And I think it can be really easy, like... In the online space to get caught up in the numbers of it and like, oh, well, this person has this much followers or, this person said they made this much in a month. Why am I not doing that? Should I be changing my strategy? Should I be doing this and this and that? And it can feel very easily to be pulled in all these different directions. But that's kind of why it's important to like, you have to filter out the fucking noise. You have to be like, is this what I want to be paying attention to? And because now we are inundated with so much noise, yes. it only becomes more and more important to be like, do I need to unfollow this person? Do I need to mute this person? Because is this the direction that I want to be led in? Yeah. And... It's it's difficult. Like if you are online and if you are using the internet as a tool in your creative practice, which I 10 out of 10 recommend, you've gotta be very vigilant with it and you've gotta be, you've gotta take responsibility for where you are putting your attention. Yes. Purely because no one else is gonna take responsibility for it for you. Like these apps are not gonna be like, well. We've given her too much. Let's be nice to her today. Let's not give her like overload of comparisonitis. No, the app's like, we want you to stay on to this thing. So like, whether you feel good or whether you feel shit, if you're staying on the app for longer, that works for us. The right. responsibility is on us to be like, is this the story that I want to listen to? Is this the narrative that I want for my own life? And how can I curate the things I'm paying attention to to lead me in the direction I actually want to go. It's not easy because it's very it's a it's very easy to go into like a scroll hole and to feel like you should be doing all of these different things and to compare everything you're doing with all of these other things that other people are doing. Yeah. And and it's a slow game. Like you said, like it's a slow game to evolve as Yourself, like to get to know yourself and your
0: style. It's slow. It's very slow, and it changes fucking all the time. So, like, I like people are always asking, like, how do you find your style? And I'm like, go through some shit. You'll figure (laughs) it out. (laughs) Still figuring out. That's the thing. It's like
1: it's not a destination,
0: right? Right.
1: And like, I I really want it to be a destination. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I want to be able to be like tick found my style found the thing I'm gonna do forever because that feels neat and that feels safe and it feels like you've got control of things but if we really look at it I would fucking hate that
0: right <laughs> I'd hate it robots after a week and a half right like it's right. just it makes sense it does sound nice like to be like oh this is my thing and I see people all the time who have kind of like done this especially in the graphic design world like They've created certain techniques and that's like all they promote, but they're also making money off of it because they're selling. Yeah. It, right? But it seems that's like all they're doing. And that's what you said. You have to like watch what you're taking in because it's like, are they really doing this or is this just a facade to make money? And most of the time it's a facade to make mm-hmm. money. So I, and it's funny that you bring that up because I recently just, I, I fucking deleted <sighs> 2000 followers not followers but people following because yeah no, I noticed the same thing I was like my energy is getting caught up and it wasn't because like I was so fucking mad at anybody or whatever but it was just like accidental right I'm like do I need to be consuming this and a lot of it and I hate to say this but it was my client's Instagram and it's like they're money coaches or business coaches. And I'm like, why am I consuming this if that's not what what I wanna be looking at, right? Like, so I made it a very specific intention to go in. I'm like, you follow creatives, you follow artists, you follow fucking thought leaders because otherwise you don't need it. That's just where I am. It's no fucking judgment.
1: Like we think who we are, like our style, our artist expression, like who we are just in our personalities, it is literally just an amalgamation of everything we've taken in throughout our lives. So like we are our families. We are the place we grew up where every book we've read and every film that we've seen. And we're also like everything we see on social media, like these, they're tiny, like microscopic bits of us. But I think it's too important to let it just be something that happens to us and letting it something that's just, we're kind of ignorant to our power in it. Yeah, like I would much rather be more and more intentional about what I'm consuming. And like, I'm not perfect at it. Like, absolutely, I do it as well. I like, can follow shit that I'm like, this isn't helping me. Like, let's go on that unfollow spree. <laughs> but like, and it's the difference between you know it's that dopamine hit of like how easy it is to get really exciting shit into your brain it's so much easier to like scroll through tiktok and feel just instantly like satiated or whatever but it's not a lasting feeling like yeah it's harder to sit and read a book for two hours like there's so much more resistance to that because of course it's not as exciting to look at like Black letters on a white page is not as exciting as like no. mad scrolling through TikTok or whatever. But how you feel afterwards is different. Yes. yes. And, like- and that's where we need to be like, vigilant with our responsibility of where we're putting our attention
0: a hundred percent because like i honestly i deleted tiktok from my phone because i found myself doing it before bed and i was like i'm just gonna keep going and like blah blah blah. Sh- long story short like two hours later i'm still on my fucking phone and i'm like you could have been doing it like it just shows me i could have been doing something more productive or resting or doing something that actually like, matters to my body and my mind and i'm just like just fucking delete it. Like, is it really giving you anything? Like, I know you use yours for your business, but mine was just like fucking fart videos and monkey video.
1: <laughs> I, just, you- I always forget about TikTok. I don't know like what it is. I think it's because I have I've been doing this thing where I'm trying to be more and more purposeful about it that whenever I'm scrolling on something, it doesn't always happen instantly, but I will ask myself like, is this how I want to be like, is this really satisfying? Yeah. And like, the more I do that, the quicker I get to be like, I'm just going to close this app and like, go read a book or go for a walk or like make some food or like anything that is so much more enjoyable to do. And it is that thing, I think of constantly reminding yourself and it, it doesn't it's if you haven't been doing that, it doesn't feel easy straight away, but it gets easier and easier. And especially like, I don't know, like there are so many movies that I haven't read. There are so many books I haven't read right. and documentaries and things that I will watch or listen to or like there's actual stuff to consume that I know will fucking change my life. That will get me so excited. And I think like to change, to get all psychological about it, to change your behavior, it's the the best technique isn't to like shame or like punish yourself for doing something of like, oh my God, you're such a stupid bitch for scrolling on TikTok again. That's not really gonna like be helpful. And it's probably not gonna be helpful to be like, you're not allowed to use any social media and you can only read like this one book. Like your brain is like, fuck, no, we're not doing that. That's hell no. And it's going to rebel against you because of course, instead, it's like, how can you make the, the thing you want to do more attractive? So you're choosing that actively because you want to, and you're like, yeah, this is the easy option to sit and to scroll, but I would feel way better if I just like watch this documentary. That's a- I went to walk yeah. and listened to a podcast. And like, it's about getting turned on about the thing that's actually more positive for you instead of feeling like it's a punishment. Like, closing TikTok and opening the most boring fucking book that you're not interested in is <laughs> not going to work.
0: Right. So that's a good way to put it, though. Just like fucking sugarcoat the shit out of whatever else to do. Like
1: there's so much more stuff that you will be more excited to, to look at and put your attention towards and yet might take a little bit more effort. Like I literally keep lists of movies that I want to watch and things that I want to read. Like I have a stack of books all the time. So I'm like, which is the one I want to pick up, which is the one I want to read right now that I will get more satisfaction
0: from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I was like, I was like, she does have all the books to watch her Instagram. So awesome. like, you see all the are <laughs> room. It's like, I always love our conversations because I feel like I'm very, and, and not to say you're not emotional based, but like, I, I don't study anything. Like, I don't read, like, this is gonna make me sound like a fucking idiot, but like, I don't read a lot. I don't do a lot of research. Like, it's just very flowy for me. I'm like a little fucking fish over here and you like, you're just like, no, I read this in a book once. Here's the quote. Here's the thing. Here's the, and I'm like, you can fucking back it up, baby. Right? I
1: mean, I don't think. I think if you don't like reading, like if you're like I just don't like it, then there's so many other ways to take in information or to feel excited about stuff. Like, there's no, like, there's a weird like hierarchy around like reading, which is weird. I think it's like whatever excites you. It's just reading is just. From being little has always been a thing I've loved, but I think it's like of having it's just having those things readily available or like letting yourself be excited about them. Like when I say like movies that I like to watch, like I will get so much inspiration from watching a fucking Seth Rogen movie then I will from scrolling on TikTok. Like it doesn't have to be something that's like intellectually brilliant or anything. Right. Like your inspiration can come from anything and anywhere. And the 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 value of it
0: is like, is it something that genuinely excites you? Right, right. Because I, I do all the time. Like, I'm like, I'm not in a mind space to be an intellectual person right now. I'm like, I want to sit. I'm in like, my- like, no, don't I- want that. I want to smoke a little weed and I just want to be fucking... Exactly. Right? So it's like, I watch Bob's Burgers to fall asleep too. It's the stupidest show in the world, but I love it and it makes me so happy to watch to go before bed.
1: Like, whatever. Absolutely. And like, you will get so much more enjoyment from that than... Whatever happens to come up On your social media yeah,
0: most of the time On TikTok I end up just like Scaring the shit out of myself Because it's like Conspiracy theories Start to show up I'm like So I don't sleep For like another half an hour Because I'm like dude <laughs> Like I've got things To research now Yes dude Um, But anyways Back to you Before we end this podcast Because we've been talking For over an hour now Which I can't believe that Because it feels like 20 minutes to me <laughs> I want to know, do you have any like current muses right now for your work? Ooh,
1: current muses. Okay. Oh, I love that question. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I do. I usually am like really obsessed with someone at a specific time. <laughs> and right now I don't feel like I am. I feel like I'm very, I feel like I'm very focused on, spending time with my own ideas and like literally what we're talking about, like taking in all of this stuff. And now I feel like I need so much time to process things and to put things out that I'm not necessarily like actively taking in specific sources, but that being said, like Daddy Rubin, Rick Rubin is like my love him forever and always, um, I've been really obsessed with looking up um, Salvador Dali stuff lately. And I don't know why, like, I just love an eccentric creative freak and he fulfills all of that. Yeah, it's got a lot of problematic things about him. Like, you know, artists tend to have, you know, some of my favorite faves always tend to have. But I love, he's very much, I love people who, create their own worlds and like very much have their own distinct style. I think there's so much to learn from people like that because they've gone like full force into who they are as an individual. Yes. And like being the weirdo and being the person who like, while it was alive, like stood out in every fucking room. You can't like have a mustache like that and be a wallflower. And I think there's so much to learn as a creative of like, oh, it kind of gives you like free reign to be the biggest fucking weirder possible so and true. only do the things you want to do and just say like, just fuck off the rest of it. You don't have to pay attention to stuff that you're like, I don't care about that. And you get to go all in on the stuff that excites you and the weird, like you can invent a whole, you know, movement of art because you're, you're having these weird dreams that you're like, I think people should know about the dreams that I have.
0: You know? You know what's interesting? I'm just going to... This may open a whole other hour-long conversation, but... <laughs> truly, Like, especially with me coming into, like, truly who I am and, like, my ideas and, like, really not giving a fuck. It's, like, an interesting thing that happens with artists, like, because prior to this, I would consider myself very much an introvert, right? Like, didn't want mm. to like, talk to people, but now... Now that I have this weird fucking confidence about how fucking weird I truly am, I have no problem going into public and like talking. And like that did take a little bit of work, but like yes. I would consider myself an extrovert. So it's a very weird like transition process that I feel happens when you like get really comfortable with who you are and what you're put on the earth to do, whether that's being an artist or not. Like, do you, like do you agree with that? Like, it's just so like there's that in between where you're like. Am I going to do it? Am I not? Um, And then you just fucking like go over the edge and you're like, I'm I'm a fucking weirdo. It's fine. We're done. Dude, I love this so much. I think what it
1: is, because I've thought about this a lot before, like as I've gone through my own life and like claimed my weirdo status even more and like, especially even like claiming like I am an artist, like I can introduce myself to people as an artist, which is like in itself, a weird thing to do, right? You don't hear that all the time. It kind of, I think it comes back to like how we understand art as like our communication and our actual form, like true form of expression through our art. And I think before that, or like, as I step more and more into oh, I can show up just exactly as I am. And I, as as I'm breaking down those things of like, this is what you should do in a social setting. And these are the conversations that people are having. And these are the things that you should talk about. It's stepping away from like, this is what I think anyway. It's stepping away from how we think we should show up socially and you know, you've always been yourself. Like you've always had the ideas that you have, but I think previously it may have been like, we've come to social situations or we've come out into the big world and been like, I'm I'm a little weird. So let me just tone that stuff down. Oh, like, I'm not going to talk about that stuff because no one's going to, no one else is obsessed with Salvador Dali and wants to have a three hour conversation about it. So we like minimize that stuff, but that stuff is like, all we care about, like that stuff is like the things we're obsessed with. And so I think the more we create space for that in our own like day-to-day lives and let ourselves indulge in it, then you have more and more confidence to come up into the world of being like, Actually, the other stuff bores me and like people don't have to like the same things for you to be able to have a really great conversation with them. You don't actually have to find people who have the exact same interests of you to feel seen and to feel excited to be out into the world speaking with them. And actually what I find more interesting is finding someone who is obsessed with something that's totally different to me that I'm like, I don't, I still don't give a shit about it, but I want you to tell me about why it excites you, you know? Yeah. And I think as you are getting to know yourself and get more comfortable with yourself, it's that confidence of being like, we don't all have to like the same things, but I can still show up fully as myself. I don't need someone to understand me completely And I can still have a really good relationship or like have really good conversations with people, even with them being like, Oh, she's a bit weird. And it can be fine. It can be taught like that can be fine.
0: Right. Cause that's how we look at normal people. We're like, Oh, they're a bit strange. Right.
1: Like exactly. realizing it's not a problem to solve, but actually like,
0: it's just a really fun aspect of yourself. Yes. Yes. I fucking love it. All right, Gabby. Now that we have spoken about everything under the sun. a little space here to talk about what you're currently doing what you're currently offering i know you said you just had a launch like five ten minutes ago and this kind of is how you're launching when she's on a podcast i love it it's so people know where they can feel um, all that good shit
1: Beautiful. Um, yeah, I am on pretty much every platform at Gabriella Rosie. I'm mostly on Instagram. I do YouTube videos. Um, what do I do? I make decks of cards. I have a membership for creatives called the Creatrix Coven. Yeah, if you're interested in creativity and being an artist and making things, then that's what I'm obsessed with.
0: (laughs) And everything that she puts out into the world is fucking fire. As a consumer uh, of most of it, I think I've ordered like 80% of her store by at this point. (laughs) Um, That's Gabriella Rosie guys. Thank you for joining in. It was so awesome to talk to you. I'm so excited to share you with everybody else. Um, But yeah, we'll see you on the next episode guys.